Oh, man, I just lost a chunk of my nest egg in the market whipsaw. Oh, sorry to hear that. Looks like I'll be wearing a yellow apron well into my 70s. Welcome to Wall... Hey, don't get down. Get educated. Listen to the Total Financial Hour with host Arif Halaby Sundays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. What did you learn? How not to go backwards with the market, my friend, and have the opportunity to move forward with market growth. That's exactly what I need. So learn about your financial power with the Total Financial Hour Sundays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. here on AM870, The Answer. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halaby, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power. Hey, welcome to the show, the Total Financial Hour. I'm Eric Halaby. Thanks for being with me. Good morning and afternoon, whatever time of day you may be listening to this. Look, I want to touch on a few things today. Uh, you know, if, if you went through the week and you had a chance to listen to some of the craziness from the Democratic National Convention, look. I don't think they're bad guys. Look, there certainly are some. Let me back up. There are some today. It's not just that they believe differently, but it's it's that they they purposely are dishonest. And I want to share with you a couple of things. When you blame President Trump for a policy that President Obama put in place, when you talk about, remember, the kids in cages, and they knew that that was occurring under President Obama at record levels, and they blame President Trump for it. Look, just like you, there are plenty of things that if somebody wants to pick on or say, I wish you did it differently or you said this incorrectly, there are plenty of things with President Trump that we can disagree with and and you can say, I don't like the way he does or says, okay. But the problem I have is when you have to make up stuff or you have to lie about the economy or or about his record, I start to question everything else you say. Wouldn't you? I mean, wouldn't you just just think common sense here, your neighbor down the street, she calls you up and she says, hey, Mary, guess what? It's raining outside. And you look outside and it's bright and shiny, shiny and sunny. And, and, and OK, hmm. well, maybe she's I don't know where she's talking about, but it's not here. Or another time they say, oh, you know, my my husband got hurt the other day at work. And you look out the window the next day and he's out mowing the lawn. He's doing fine. You say, huh. Now, after a bit, you would say that neighbor just isn't somebody you would trust anymore, right? I mean, you might still say hello, wave. You might talk to her when she's bringing in the trash cans or when she's, you know, doing stuff outside. I get it. But tell me how many times you're going to believe her when it's something really serious. And because the the Democrat system in the state of California and in the federal government has been so dishonest about so many things for so long. Look, maybe 25 years ago, you could have said the Republicans were that way. Maybe I, I certainly there were things that that I didn't agree with when President Bush was elected the first time, right? He wasn't my first choice, nor was President Trump. But are we grateful that he's in there? Oh, yes, we are. Beyond, he's turned out to be a much better example of a conservative leader than President Bush ever was. Uh, look, I'm not saying they're not good men or, or going to heaven. I, look, that's not my judgment today. That's, that's God's job. Right. My job is to judge your actions. And if anybody ever tells you differently, then ask them this. It's three o'clock in the morning. Your car broke down and you're walking down the street. 
On one side of the street are three 17 to 20-year-old men. You pick the race. I don't even care. You can say white. Pants at their ankles, hoodies. They're doing that walk. And on the other side of the street, three male blacks carrying uh, briefcases, suit and ties. Do you really think race matters that time of day or what side of the street you're going to walk on? <laughs> right? It's your personal safety, people. You always make judgments on what people choose to do, not what was chosen for them. Right? You've heard me say this. This is the most anti-Antifa, Black Lives Matter rhetoric you'll ever hear. Ready? Don't judge me for something I cannot control. Don't give me something because I'm a male, because I'm half white, half Lebanese. I don't know, whatever you call that. Don't judge me for something that my my mom was born in Michigan, my dad was born in Lebanon. I I can't control that. That I was born in, in Los Angeles. But don't give me something for it either. Don't take something away from me and don't give me something. Today, that is one of the most radical views ever. And in the state of California and many other states, you can see when you don't think that way, what happens. And it will permeate itself into your financial world. It just does. How many of you are out of a job? Or maybe you're retired, but your kids are out of a job. Or somebody has a pay cut or is working less hours. What's happening to these four poor folks that, that had a job yesterday and now they don't? J.C. Penney's Neiman Marcus, did you ever think they'd file bankruptcy? Pure One Imports, done. How many other locations, stores across this country, small mom and pop businesses, can never afford to reopen? And remember, you said you were going to work two more years. This was in January. Yeah, we're, I'm going to work two more years and that's it. I'm 58, I'm 62, I'm going to work two more years. Got it. Well, this is a big challenge, guys, because suddenly retirement in this political whirlwind, we're saying something as simple as don't give me something for something I can't control and don't take something from me for something I can't control. You want to judge me? Judge me on my actions. Judge me on my appearance. You can do that. Most people do. Right, ladies, you, you talk about women who, who are wearing those shoes, even when you think you're being positive. Oh, my gosh, those shoes are so much better than what you wore yesterday. <laughs> yeah, well, um, thank you. Right. What, what do you say to that? You've got to ask yourself. It's OK. Now, I don't mean take something from them because of the shoes they're wearing. Come on, let's be real for a minute. But what I'm saying is the choices people make, you've already decided that's what's going to allow them in your life, around your children or grandchildren, or not around your life, right? The choices people make are what decides the jobs they get. Many of you know you're hired by what's on a resume, by the one-sided set of information that you decide to put down on a piece of paper, but you're terminated because of who you really are. You don't get along well with others. You're arrogant. You're not coachable. You come in with a bad attitude. You do half halfway work, right? That's that is what 
causes you to be terminated. Oh, wait. That's what you do. You are judged for what you do. You lose your job for what you do. Not for who you are. Everybody would be repulsed if somebody was terminated because they were white or black or Asian or tall or skinny or short or fat. Everybody would, would be appalled at that. But don't tell me that you don't judge people by the way they act. The neighbor across the street telling you the truth or not. The financial professional in your life, right, who says that they're managing, I'm managing your portfolio. You judge that, you look at that and you say, wait a second, so if you managed it, did you manage it all the way down? And then they, they tell you, well, listen, it could have been worse, but because I managed it, 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 it isn't. It's like saying, you know, because you wore the coronavirus mask, you know, detail, you were, you were not going to get it. Well, there's no way to ever unprove something so silly, right? You, you just can't say, well, oh, see, this many more people would have passed away. Instead, what do you do? You just wear a mask and you believe them. So you look at your financial professional and you manage it all the way down. You lost 37% at the worst of the market. And you say, thank you. And then here's the other place that you judge them. Say, by the way, you know that quarter that you lost me all that money? I get it. It's all back now. I'm okay with that. Thank you. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. Thanks for doing your job. But I do have a question. During that quarter when you lost me 37%, did you still get paid? Did you still earn a fee? Because what did I buy? What did I pay for? I, I don't know. Maybe I bought something, but what did I buy? I bought you to, to lose me 37% instead of 40? Yay. <laughs> Yippee. Thank you. May have another. Remember those weird stories, right? So we talk about some things that I want you to know from a retirement standpoint that I think is much, much more important. And it's bigger than deciding who is going to be your financial professional, because I think that is an important question, but, it's, but this one you have to ask beforehand. And that is, do you right now, do you need income or accumulation? What would give you peace of mind? What would give you the ability to sleep at night? Not worry about what China's doing or Germany or Trump or the Democrats or, or right, Nancy Pelosi and her ilk, right? Are you interested in just not worrying about them? Maybe. Have you seen the mental competency of our U.S. senators? The, the California U.S. senators, right? H have you seen them? One is now MIA. She's now going to be running for president. Or Well, that's a Freudian slip. Chances are Joe will not finish his, second, his first term if he even is elected. If you guys remember, do you remember this? He, he was going to run for Hillary uh, in Hillary's place back then, right? In her stead, he was supposed to run and win the nomination and hence would have been President Obama's third term. Imagine today... He's in his third or fourth year of presidency, and his mental acuity is what it is today. We could have had a president who was missing in action, who literally was buried somewhere and had his team running all of the press conferences. Can you imagine if President Joe Biden today, because remember, he was going to run and win. That's what he said. This is still would have been his first term. It's not like his you know, 10th year after retirement. And that, this is what you would have had. 
So there is a danger, there's a risk of what he might be like four years from now. If you don't think Kamala Harris is going to be president, if Joe Biden wins, I don't think you're paying attention. She knows it, you guys. She's closer to him than anybody. She's not a dummy. Let's put it clear. She's a very smart lady. She's not a dummy. I think she's conniving, and I I think she is manipulative, but she's not a dummy. So you guys have to decide where you're going to vote. You're not voting for your best friend. You're not voting for the person that's going to be your neighbor. I can't wait. This person's going to be my brother-in-law. You're not voting for that. You're voting for somebody who's, who's proven to take a mess of an economy in which he inherited and turn it into something amazing. He did it once. He'll do it again. It's very simple. He knows how to do it. Can you imagine where we would have been had the Democrat Party been what it was under Tip O'Neill? Real focused, right? We fight on the playing field. We're friends off the field. We stay away from each other's families, calling names. We have a certain level of decorum, respect for the office, let alone the person. Can you imagine what that would have been like? Can you imagine where we would have been as a country had Nancy Pelosi not been the Speaker of the House and AOC and that squad, whatever they call them, would have been muted to the point of just fringe Democrats like Maxine Waters always has been? Can you, can you imagine what we would have been like as a nation, economically speaking? The power, the influence for good. For good. Do you remember when Hillary Clinton and the Clinton Foundation took in $500 million for Haiti? $500 million. Everybody gave them money because they were the best. They were in place. They knew the people. They had the political, the diplomatic ties, the NGOs, right? The non-governmental organizations, the NGO organizations on the ground in Haiti. And I think they built, what, 11 houses? 11 houses when the tornado or when the hurricane came through and ripped through Haiti. What did they do with the rest of the money? Because now the Clinton Foundation is no more. Remember, they disbanded it. I don't know what they do with the money. You have to ask yourself these questions. These are the type of people. Hillary Clinton could have donated her salary as a U.S. senator. They were already worth hundreds of millions. Why didn't she? Why didn't she? Joe Biden could have donated his salary as vice president, even quietly, even if he comes out now and says, all right, guys, you know, I just want to tell you, here's a record. Let's go back. Here's all my donations. I donated my salary as the vice president of the United States. I know I was wealthier than President Obama was. He kept the money. I donated mine. He didn't. That's the kind of stuff that you ask, that's the internal things, right? As you are are building your retirement plan and you're deciding who you're going to be with in those golden years, or maybe you're already retired and you're trying to figure out who are you going to call friend? Who are you going to hang around with? Is it the financial professional, the one that's going to be advising you? Is it that type of people? And if it is great, then you know who they are. They're good people. You want to be around them. But if it isn't, There are plenty of good people out there. 
And you can judge their actions. You could say, listen, when the market went down, did you guys lose people's money? Did you take a fee when you did, if you did? Is there a way for me to plan and avoid those retirement pitfalls? So grab a pen and paper. I'm going to touch uh, base with you on a few things. I'm going to give you some retirement pitfalls and some things that I would encourage you to do to know the difference. All right? Before we do, let's get into the difference between dollar cost averaging and lump sum. If you have a chunk of money and you are not adding to it anymore, and I mean substantially adding to it, big chunks of money, then what you have is what's called a lump sum or, or a chunk of money, a lump sum of money. That is what goes up and down. We're rich, we're poor. We made it, we lost it, up and down. As that occurs, the whole way fees are being charged against your account when you are in the market. You get all the risk, but you can get all the reward and you pay a fee during that process. Dollar cost averaging is you're still in your 30s or 40s. You're still adding money each and every month, maybe even your early 50s if you have 15 or 20 years to retirement. And as you're doing that, You're chunking in money each and every month and you're buying, right? By definition, when you're putting money in. So you're buying when it's low, you're buying when it's high, you're buying when it's medium, you're just consistently buying. So you smooth out some of those volatile ups and downs. You smooth out the crazy up and down movement. When that happens, what do you do? Well, you make sure that your lump sum of money is safe away from the market risk. That's what we would do. And you continue buying when the market's up and down. We're at all-time highs. As you're buying each and every month, you get a choice. Decide. Hey, where is it that the risk that I'm willing to accept? Right? Where's the risk that I'm willing to allow in my portfolio? Because if you don't think that the, that the Portland-Seattle mess that is occurring now is not going to go nationwide. You're just wrong. I mean, it's nice. You think it's not in my backyard. Look, when I was a policeman, I could tell regularly, I would speak at at neighborhood watch meetings. I would say, Hey guys, we have a crime spree over here on uh, Reseda Boulevard, you know, in the San Fernando Valley, Reseda and victory. And it's coming towards, you know, the Devonshire area. It's coming up to Van Owen and then Sherman Way and Roscoe. We're seeing it start to move this direction. And people in that meeting would say, so it's four blocks away? Yeah, yeah, from where you live, it's about four blocks. Ah, okay, it's no big deal. And I say, are you kidding me? Four blocks means nothing in the world of criminals. They don't know where one division or one city begins. They couldn't care less. But everybody thought that as long as they're part of the neighborhood, they're part of the city was safe, then the city was safe. And then it became their neighborhood. We live in a, and then, and then here's my favorite, ready? We live in a nice pocket in LA or in Glendale. We live in a good pocket. Like, <laughs> so look, in law enforcement, when we would speak at these events, we'd have to be respectful. But I can tell you afterwards, we would leave and we would laugh at you because we would know. You have no clue. You're in complete denial of how bad the bad guys really are. Do you think they break into houses in the ghetto, in the bad neighborhoods, where they know people don't have stuff, money, jewelry, gold watches? Or do you think they break into your house? Look, it used to be difficult for them to get across town, but even public transportation makes that highway a lot easier, let alone the automobile is so inexpensive, comparatively speaking. 
right? I mean, if you factor in inflation and wages, automobiles are probably 20% of the cost of what they were. So if you bought your first car for $5,000, it's worth, it's about $1,000 today. You can get a car and drive to a good neighborhood, rob and steal and burglarize and get in your car and drive back. So I share this with you because you need to think. If you think your financial professional, because they belong to a large firm, would never hurt you, you, you might be right, maybe. But I'm not saying they hurt you as if they do something criminal. That's, that's not the point. The point is they don't have any control when the market goes down. Nobody does. The market goes up, they make money. Market goes down, you lose money. So let's be clear. I don't think they're crooks out there. I just think they have philosophies that allow them to take your money. Because why would they rip off the guy who has $1,000 in their, in their uh, you know, trade account? They, they wouldn't. It's not enough there for them. So you watch out for Ponzi schemes. They always go after the most confident. Physicians are some of the most notoriously uh, abused victims in Ponzi schemes because they're so smart in what they do that they think that they are smart in everything. And both in law enforcement and otherwise, we would see that it was always those, those folks that thought they were good at everything that in turn would get them in trouble. And so I want you to be careful. You're building for retirement. Know the difference between a lump sum. Know the difference between dollar cost averaging. There is no reason in the world for you to take your money and leave it in the market if that is not the place that you want to have those benefits. Because what are the benefits? Well, you could get amazing growth out of it. But if you've already hit the growth that you need, right? Because accumulation is one thing. Remember this. The accumulation that you build, that's what you're supposed to do when you're working. And then eventually, the accumulation is what? Needs to be turned into income. The accumulation is about income. No longer do we want 500000 to be a million or a million to be $2 million or $2 million to be $10 million. That's not what we're looking for anymore. Now what are you looking for? Very simple. I want income. Because accumulation takes advantage of the dips in the market as long as you have a 5 to a 10-year goal. 5 to a 10-year goal, no problem. Makes it okay. You want to build your wealth. That's what you do. That's, that's the time. Because your food, shelter, clothing, that comes from a job. That, becomes from, that comes from your income. Meaning your income cannot go up and down. You wouldn't do that. In a normal world, you wouldn't have, hey, this week I made 1000 or this week I made 200 This week I made 10000 This week I made a dollar. Right? You wouldn't do that because the accumulation time, that is what's supposed to happen to your assets. Up, down, up, down. Buy more, buy more. It's cheaper. Okay, it's a good time. The cycle is here. Now let's wait. Now let's buy. But meanwhile, your job, your family, food, shelter, clothing is predictable. When it comes to income, we, what do we want? Guarantees. Stability, reliable income, regular income that doesn't go away. We want income that doesn't stop. We want income that grows at a time where if the market is going up, and we're going to cover this after the break, 
when the market is going up, you can actually get some extra money. All right, so think about this. Dollar cost averaging versus lump sum. At what time in your life do you need dollar cost averaging? At what time in your life do you need a lump sum? And then that accumulation period, that's in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, maybe even your 50s. That's the time you're accumulating, depending on when you're going to retire. It isn't so much the, the age that you are. It's the distance to retirement. Okay, that's the key. If you're five years within retirement or you've already retired for five years, eh, right in that window of time, that's the golden 10 that we talk about. You have five before retirement, five afterwards. You do your best to start positioning your assets to give you reliable retirement income so that you never run out. Look, it doesn't, it doesn't have monthly or quarterly fees. It doesn't have that kind of fee structure. So the financial system has been set up for decades and decades and decades to give you a source of income that never goes away. Right? That's important for you. All right. Stay with me. We'll come back. We're going to get into how do you protect your portfolio from inflation and how do you protect your income from inflation? I'm Eric Hallaby, the Total Financial Hour. On AM870, the answer, listen, 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. We'll be right back. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power. Hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for being with me. Triple eight ninety nine retire. Always put that out because if I don't, I forget. Triple eight ninety nine retire. That's our number. Eight 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 nine nine seven three eight four seven. Thanks for being with me. It works all week. Uh, you could certainly give the office a call if you have a question. Maybe I can help you. If you'd like to meet, eh, maybe we can make a, I don't know, we can always do the phone, Zoom, anything like that, just to see if we're right for you, even if you just have a question. All right. Thanks for uh, staying with me as we get into the total financial hour on AM870, The Answer. I'm Arif Hallaby. And every week at this time, TFS Financial Insurance Services brings you the show as we talk about, I think, some important issues that are being missed in a lot of the financial conversations, right? Instead of talking about, here's a pie chart and here's a graph and we're getting 2.9% better than the rest of the... What? You lost me at pie chart. I was thinking cherry right about that time. Cherry or or cobbler, I I don't know, but people get lost quickly. Let's keep it simple, easy to understand. All right, I want to get into inflation in retirement because that's a big concern, especially if you retire younger. If you want to turn on your retirement income younger, then inflation can matter or can impact you depending on when that occurs. But let's back up a little bit because here's an important part. Let's get into the definition of retirement. What does retirement mean? Well, very clearly, it means you just not going to work for money. You not having to be at a job you don't like to be at. You don't have to work in a career in which you said, you know, I've done my time. It's enough. Retirement means you still are going to be busy. And I think more importantly than busy, productive, right? I always talk about the poor mindset is always busy. I'm busy, busy. Can't, I'm busy. Everything is busy. And you talk about, well, I'm broke. Well, wait a second. You just said you were busy. You were busy at doing stuff that made you no money. You were busy at doing stuff that didn't improve your marriage. You were busy doing stuff that didn't improve your spiritual life. So what exactly were you busy doing, right? I want you to be productive. I want you to be valuable in retirement. And I want you to have a purpose because you can have all of the money in the world and you retire 
at 55, 65, even 75. And the next day you wake up and nobody even knows that you exist, right? Nobody is expecting you to be, I don't mean it five days a week. Maybe it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Maybe it's watching the kids. Maybe it is helping out your sister-in-law or helping out your daughter-in-law or maybe helping out your son. It could be anything, whether it's answering phones at a business where people need you there, right? My staff at my office are very valuable to me. Every single person, if somebody is out, we feel it. Somebody's missing, it hurts, right? If they're on vacation or they're sick, that matters to us. We care about them. We care about them being involved at the company on a level. And I think for good people, that matters. So please don't forget a purpose in retirement. My job is to help take care of the income in retirement, but I think you should also have a purpose in retirement. That is who I've seen are the most successful when they retire, are those that have a purpose. All right. Now you retire at a younger age. Let's say you've got your purpose under control. Life is good. Everything is managed properly. And then inflation starts to kick in. How did we plan for that early on? How did we build so that inflation doesn't hurt your income stream, doesn't hurt your overall projections of guaranteed reliable income? Well, it can be a couple of things. Number one, for some of our clients, they use rental property. Yeah, because look, even today with interest rates at near record lows, the rental property payment, let's say you put down 20%, whatever you put down, that payment stays the same for the next 20 or 30 years, however long your your, uh, loan is, right? I mean, do you understand that? It doesn't go up. Rents could go up. Now, the spread is your income. The spread or the difference is what you put in your pocket. That's the profit. Early on, well, it doesn't go up. But as inflation increases, as the dollars increase, here's what happens. You start to see time and again, regular, if not if not on, on a regular basis, as inflation kicks up, the rents do. Because you know that rental property has a tendency, not always, right? 2008 was bad. 2000 was bad. We had, we had some bad times. But over time, as long as you make that payment, you keep the house, there's a spread there. All right. Pushing that aside, I'm not a rental property expert. That's not my field, but I'm telling you what I've noticed with clients. They'll have one or two rental properties, and that is enough to give them two, three, four thousand dollars or more per month. We have one that, that has a house that they bought in the 80s. They remodeled it. It took them a long time to remodel it. Now their income is $14,000 a month net. Now you've got to be asking yourself, who would pay that kind of money for for a rental property. It's a beautiful house, guys. I've seen pictures of it. It's incredible. And people do. So just know that it does exist. All right. I'm not saying get that dramatic. You can have two or three little ones. All right. So think about that. What about guaranteed income that grows? This matters because if you have one or two accounts, right, and you're not spreading it out, let's say you have a fixed number, I don't know, 500,000, it doesn't matter, 200,000, pick a number and it's one account, then you want it to be part of a, of a uh, product. We like fixed annuities and fixed indexed annuities. There's a fixed indexed annuity uh, type. I don't know the right word to put it, but let's, let's call it a type, where every year or two or maybe every third year, you can have an increase in income that keeps up or even outpaces inflation. Do you like that? I do. That means if you're taking out 1000 a month, and in a year, the market goes up 10%, you might get 1100 a month now because the income goes up 
right? There may be some products out there that give you an increase no matter what happens with the market every single year. There may be some that give you an increase based on a fixed amount. So no matter what, it's 3% a year, 3% a year, 3% a year, meaning you're going to start out a little lower, but that 3%, come heck or high water, regardless of inflation, could happen every year. So there are different types of products out there that give you certain types of guarantees. And that's a way for you to have one account or two accounts and they grow over time, the income. It's a way to keep up with, sometimes even outpace inflation because we know that Social Security generally isn't going to give any real pay raises. Once you turn it on, it's probably going to be that. It's the way it goes. Especially with this income, with the uh, payroll tax holiday. I'm not saying we need it or we don't, just know the consequences. And the consequences are less money is going into Social Security. Surprise. It was 2033. Maybe today Social Security is going to be what? Who knows? 2030? I don't know. When are we supposed to run out? Don't really know what's going to happen next. All right. What else can we do for inflation? What else can we do that matters? I think this is a big part and it's called laddering. What does laddering mean? You might have heard it in the old CD world. Remember when CD rates were 5% for two years or something and we would get 3% a year, just big numbers. You go, wow, that's, that's a big number. And that rate of return that you would get would be just a huge number and you would say that's reasonable, that's realistic, I can expect it. Well, today CDs aren't going to do that. They're just not. They're not paying it. It doesn't exist. So what can we do instead? Well, you can ladder your accounts to turn on the income every couple of years, every five years, every three years, whenever you want. So if you have multiple accounts or a large enough account that can be spread out in two or three or four different accounts, then we start one account right away and we let the others percolate. I always call it let it simmer off to the side and they're growing and they're growing and they're growing. Okay, now turn on the next account two years later. Now we increase the income by 1500 a month. We increase the income by 2000 a month. Maybe what we're doing is we're taking, we take multiple sources of income. We try to figure out how to allow that growth to continue. So where does this happen? It happens, and let's be clear about this. As you're allowing that income to grow, that means that lasts for the rest of your life. It isn't just a short-term thing. It isn't just something that we turn on for, for a year and then that's it. It's over. This now grows, continues the rest of your life. You can set up laddering lifetime income. You can do that where it lasts the rest of your life and the rest of your spouse's life. And what's left in the account goes to your beneficiaries. Right? So what, what I mean by that is you've now allowed those dollars to grow regardless of the market pitfalls, regardless of the collapse, it allows your account to grow and become a beneficiary-driven account. But what do I want to leave you to leave to your beneficiaries? Well, it really isn't up to me. Just, you know, it's not my rules. I can just tell you what the rules are. And remember this, who makes the rules? Rich or poor people, right? Uh, it's not a trick question. 
Most of the time, people get it right. Who makes the rules? Rich or poor people? If rich people make the rules, just know this. They make the rules to benefit themselves and their friends and their family. They always have. Whether it was Cleopatra, you've heard me say this. Cleopatra on the Nile River, she made the rules to benefit herself, her friends, her family. Napoleon made the rules to benefit himself, his friends, his family. Fidel Castro, Pol Pot, Mao. I mean, look, let's be clear. The United States of America made the rules. Rich people made the rules to benefit themselves, their friends, and their family. Except the United States of America made the rules something very importantly differently. Did I say that right? Importantly different. And here's how they made the rules. They said it applies to everybody. Hey, figure it out, you win. Don't figure it out, you don't win. So when I say figure it out, you win, here's what I mean. Understand that in the retirement world, you never put all your eggs in one basket, especially in the stock market. You never put all of your your eggs in the basket that says, hey, I'm here ready to have the growth of my retirement income count on seven stocks, right? Seven companies in the S&P 500. I'm ready to have my income be counted on by six or eight companies in the S&P 500. You wouldn't do that. People do, but you wouldn't. Not if you're smart about worrying about the market collapse and all your eggs in one basket. But here's one of the biggest pitfalls that I see. Regardless of us allowing for laddering and inflation, if you had rental property, you get guaranteed sources of income that we start and ladder income and spread it out. We do all of those things, right? Regardless of all of that, what are some of the biggest pitfalls that I think can undermine everything that you do? Number one, student loans for your kids, grandkids. Do not co-sign for those. Yeah, but Arif, she's so smart, she can't, then she has to get a job. She has to take a semester off. She's going to have to work part-time, go to school full-time, part-time. I I don't know. She's going to have to take seven years to get a four-year degree. Yep. Sorry. Mom and dad didn't save 25 years ago like we should have when you were born and before you were born. We just didn't. We had other things. We were trying to put food on the table. We were worried about your grandma. We were helping out your aunt. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't get student loans. I don't think they should, but, but that's me. But there's a limit. There's a maximum they can earn or they can receive. Listen, I would say the most student loans kids that you get is 10000 a year, period. Yeah, but Eric, if it's 30000 to go to school, well, then you're going to work. Take a year off. Work all summer. Work seven days a week. I did. Oh, but you don't understand. You're right. I don't understand. If you have one child, listen, I have you guys as clients. I know you have one child. Your life, their life revolves around each other. You're going to put all of your eggs in that one basket, meaning your kid's going to school. I don't care if I have to work till age 76. I hate it. I hate my job, but we're going to make sure Susie gets into Harvard. All right. As long as you're clear on the consequences, right? A, a, a guy that robs a liquor store generally today is pretty clear on the consequences, Right, A white-collar criminal who, who goes in and, and embezzles from his company that he's worked at for 20 years, they're pretty clear on the consequences. They still choose that behavior. They still choose those actions. I'm not saying 
that you're you're in the same ballpark, right, as criminals. I don't, I don't mean that. I'm just saying from the consequence standpoint, if you think you're going to co-sign for all of these loans and you don't have the means, listen, if you have the means, sign off, pay it off, great, sell, sell one of your 17 rental properties, fine, I don't care, whatever you do, got it, I get it. I'm talking about those of you that are on the bubble that are, that are gosh, I have a million dollars, I have 250000 I have this limited amount. What do I do? How do I make sure that, that there's enough money set aside so that my kids can go to college? It's not the end of the world. Frankly, when you think about college, it's not what it used to be. It's not the only place that information is held. It used to be, right, before these tablets and computers and the Internet. It used to be information was kept on those brick buildings with ivy and pure manicured lawns and people that wore bow ties. Those people had the information. We were out here and we had to spend money, life savings. We had to do everything we could to get those gates open just so our oldest child, usually a boy, our oldest child snuck in, poof, got in, closed the door. And then we just all sat around for three, four, five years and we said, what kind of information is in there? Come out, tell us, share it. That's how... The family got to the next level of wealth for the next generation, the next level of success. You guys are still playing that game, but the rules have changed. And the rules are, we're going to bring the information to you (laughs) and it's free. What do you want to learn about anything, anytime, anywhere? Got it. Here it is free. You can learn anything about anything at any time, anywhere free. I mean, you understand that? That's important you know that because behind the scenes, the truth is you don't understand that the student loan debt scenario is overpaying for something that they can get for free. Not cheap, free. So what are you buying? The title? The diploma? Great. Then you know what? (laughs) Let them take seven years to get in. Look, all of my kids had to go to college. That's what I asked them to do, but they had to go to community college first. That was my deal. I'll pay for two years of school because I never want you to walk into a room and think you don't belong. Never. I never want you to ever have that conversation that begins with, well, I could have finished, but I almost did, but I never wanted that. I wanted them to have that ability to say, yeah, that's right. I belong here. Whatever their degree was in, I wanted it to be something they enjoyed. Now, if somebody will pay you for that, well, then now it's a career. If somebody won't pay you for that, well, you go find what people will pay you to do and you do your hobby on the side, whatever it might be. That's what you do for fun. Okay, important. I worry about market collapse. I worry about these new expenses in retirement. You heard me talk about student loans. What about this? An RV. A recreational vehicle are beautiful things. My gosh, today it's very difficult to find one, right? The prices are through the roof. The profit margins on those, those companies are making so much money, it's ridiculous. The profit margins used to be between 40 and 50, 60%. Now I don't even know what they are. Who knows? 30, 40, 50, 60, they're just off, uh, off the financial charts, as they say. And so a recreational vehicle, an RV, costs a lot of money. People do that. They buy them. 
They do great things with them. You enjoy it. You spend time with your family. Great. What I don't want you to do is to go into debt for something like that that carries through retirement when you don't have the funds to pay for. If you do have the funds, fantastic. It's part of your life. Just another expense. It's like buying, paying for your electricity. Expect to do it. What I don't want you to do is to say, well, I guess I can't retire now or I can't save for my retirement or I can't save for my child's college. And the reason you can't is because you now have a debt that goes on for 15 or 20 or 25 years. Right? 12, 13, $1,500 a month is not uncommon for a recreational vehicle. Now, understand something. You can have that same payment for a vacation home, but just know the vacation home doesn't go down in value generally. The recreational vehicle goes down in value every single month. So when you're going to compare apples to apples, when you're going to look at this and say, how do I make sure that, oh, well, we can drive around, you're going to justify it. And here's what I want you to watch out for. Whenever you use the words, I deserve, uh, I know, but I deserve, uh, I work hard and I, okay then, what can I say? I, I can't get in there and say, no, you don't. I was with you 22 years ago when you sacrificed, and I know you don't deserve it. <laughs> you wouldn't say that, right? That's not something that – so any financial professional is just going to say, okay, well, I guess if you deserve it, that's, that's what you get. It's, it isn't something that we're going to ever question. We're just going to say, okay, because it is your world that says and measures that I deserve or I don't deserve. It isn't going to be something behind the scenes that is magic. It's really just a math problem. Do you have the money? Eh, if you do, you win. If you don't, sorry, we don't win. Those new expenses for retirement, student loans, buying an RV, a boat would fall into there, but yet generally they're not as expensive, but they can be. But here's where I really see it. That vacation home. Now, if that vacation home is going to turn into your permanent residence, I'm all for it, okay? Because if that vacation home is just kind of a trial period, you're just going to go out, you're going to take a look, you're going to spend time, four-day weekends there, you're going to go back and forth, because it's probably where you're going to end up living, I have no problem with that. What I don't like is the ability for you to say, I'm going to have a vacation home, you're never going to use it, and now it's an extra cost that you have to carry. Now, if you're going to VRBO it or Airbnb or you're going to put it on some sort of a rental vacation list, okay, I like that. But keep in mind, you have a choice. And the choice is, am I going to get into debt or am I going to be wealthy? There is a combination, right? Good debt. Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you've heard me talk about him before. That was the book that I read in 1992. Seven, I think it was, somewhere right around there. And it changed my life. It helped triple my income. I grew my wealth. My life was better after reading that book. But super simple book, guys. You can read any book in the world. The Rich Dad, Poor Dad book for me made a huge difference. Here's why. Because it was concepts and the ideas that I was ready to hear. Because not everybody is ready for information. 10 people can read the same book and it affects everybody differently. They can watch the same movie and it affects everybody differently. So it isn't anything that is magical. It's that you have to be in the right position, the right place to hear my shows, right? You've heard me say we're 
We're probably around 3,000, maybe 3,100 radio shows by now, something like that. We've done this over, over 15, 16 years. Sat down, have gone over the concepts regularly to help you walk through this financial life. But know this. These are my ideas and my experiences. Tens of thousands of people we've met with over the years. And I can tell you, some of them are better financially planning themselves. Some are not as good. Some are great at making excuses. Some are always going to be broke. Why? Not because they're dirty or bad or ugly. Or I mean, come on. They're always going to be broke because they keep making the bad decisions. Right? Money goes through. Just do the math. How many... How many millions have you earned in your lifetime? 50,000 a year times 20 years, that's that's a million dollars. So how many millions have you earned over your lifetime? And you have $800 in your savings account. I mean, ask yourself, you will blame everybody under the sun. Now, if you're on the other side of it, you say, listen, Eric, I've done well. I financially plan. Then here's what matters. I need you to worry about accumulation versus income. You have done it. You have run the race. You have built your wealth. Now is the time to turn it into income. Protect it. Grow it. Get reasonable growth. But don't let the next market decline. Cut your financial life short. Because many people had to go back to work. Many people were forced to retire when they didn't want to retire. They were going to work another two more years. Somebody came along and changed that decision for them. So you need to be prepared so that no matter what, the decision to not work or to work is yours. And don't forget purpose. We've talked about that. That matters more than anything, I think. Have purpose. I'm Eric Hallaby. Thanks for being with me. A purpose-filled retirement. That's a great idea. What a great concept. I'm Eric Hallaby. Total Financial Solutions and TFS Financial Insurance Services. Every week at this time, we talk about your family's finances, getting out of debt, managing money, and planning for the future. 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. Thanks for listening on AM870, The Answer. Thanks to Arab Now every dollar's got a job to do. Arab makes your money work.